Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Is It Worth It, the film review podcast where we go out of our way to see almost all the films in the cinema, even the bad ones, so you don't have to. His name is David Long. (laughs) It is, and his name is Craig Fields. And we're on to week 14 of the podcast. England are in the semi-finals of the World Cup, France are in the final, and we're bringing reviews of six different films. That's right, Craig, and we will be kicking off the show with a review of Ocean's 8, starring Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett and Anne Hathaway. We'll also be taking a look at The Incredibles 2. We've been waiting 14 years for Brad Bird's sequel, and we've managed to see it a month early. Yes, we have. Uh, As well as this, me and Craig will be reviewing Adrift, starring Sam Claflin and Shailene Woodley. I'll be taking a look at Tag, starring Ed Helms, Jeremy Rayner, Jake Johnson and John Hamm. And I will be reviewing Patrick, uh, starring Ed Screen, Betty Edmonton and Jennifer Saunders. And we'll finally be taking a look at Leave No Trace. This is starring Thomasin McKenzie and Ben Foster. Well, there we go. What an action-packed show and what a crazy couple of weeks it's been. It's been been a long time since we put out a show. Actually. It has. Like We've been, the, the UK has been engulfed in a heatwave. Everything is dry. We, I forgot what rain looks like. England are in the semi-finals of the World Cup. Football's coming home. Brexit's off. Donald Trump's visiting. This weekend has the potential... For the end of the world. England in a World Cup final and Donald mm. Trump in the country. Can you imagine the scenes? Protests, celebrations. Oh, it's going to be brilliant. Combined into one feverish, alcohol fueled <laughs> yeah. nightmare. And, and that's just Donald Trump. But uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a bit of an accident. You did. Um, watching yeah. England. Desc- yeah, I was going to say, describe how this happened, please. Well, I was watching um, England versus Sweden in my local watering hole, um, a rather dodgy weather spoons. Uh, England's second goal, the pub went crazy. I've never seen anything like it. There were bodies everywhere. I managed to stack it and I've torn the ligaments and tendons in my shin. So you were one of those bodies going everywhere? I was just on the floor. Um, Worth it though, (laughs) fantastic scenes. Who were you with? A couple of friends. (laughs) Did they they push you? No, they didn't. Um, There was a bit of banter around that one of them did push me, but I can assure you I I stacked it myself. Have you got any um, photographs of... We can show show our listeners. Well, th- they wanted to call an ambulance, um, but I was like, no, England are on. So they, I said, can I have an ice bag? I didn't expect them to do this. They basically emptied a whole ice container into a bin bag, <laughs> which they then carried over to me. So I literally sat in the pub with a bin bag full of ice on my leg, which just melted. So I ended up walking out the pub looking like I'd wet myself. But, you know, that's England for you. Yeah. I mean, that's great commitment. It is commitment. Uh, I'm still hopping around now. Um, I look quite sad, don't I? Really, just sort of limping, a little bit, limping around. Sunglasses on, beard dishevelled, <laughs> limping down the street. It's the end. It's the end. But of anyway, the world. enough of all that nonsense. Yeah, well, well it's the box office rundown. It next, is. Isn't we need it? to. We need to get onto the box office rundown. But before we do that, um, I saw online that this has been one of the worst weekends at the box office for twenty mm. odd years. Um, and that doesn't surprise me. It's a combination of World Cup fever, so everyone's around mates with barbecues watching the World Cup, but also the hot weather. Um, and the fact that the big the big film, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, was out, what, two, three weeks ago. Incredibles isn't out until next week. So there has been a bit of a hole, but the cinema has been struggling the last couple of weeks. It has. There, there was a bit of a gap where we didn't have that many films in as well, so we've had to build them up a little, mm. little bit, which is but why we... we've got six films this week. So. Yes, but let's kick off in the usual way with the dramatic box office one. This is the Box Office Rundown. Brought to you by Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. 
That's right, it's the box office rundown for the weekend of June 29th to July the 1st, 2018. And David, kick us off at the bottom. Well, before we kick off, I just want to say I got slightly carried away. <laughs> um, this is the lowest box office of this year, and it's the second lowest in six years. So it's not the lowest in 20 years. I did get slightly carried away, but it has been a very disappointing weekend at the box office. And we shall start at the bottom. At number 10, we have Solo, a Star Wars story. It's been in the box office for six weeks now. It's taken 19.2 million, only took 200,000 at the weekend. Not good. No. Deadpool 2 is in at number nine, and that's taken 33.2 million pounds. It's been in the box office for seven weeks, and it only took 200,000 pounds. Yes, and in at number eight is Patrick. Um, I will be reviewing that film on today's show. It's been out for one week and it took 300000 at the weekend. And let me tell you, it will not be in the box office next weekend. Um, even if people aren't going to the cinema, um, that won't stay in there because it is pretty dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, but... looking forward, I'm looking forward to hearing your review on that, actually, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Craig, what do we have above that at number seven? At number seven, we have a drift. We'll be reviewing that on today's show together. Uh, that's been in the box office for one week. It's taken £400,000 overall. Uh, and uh, looking forward to reviewing this one. Yes. Uh, above that at number six is Hereditary. This has been in the box office for three weeks. It's taken nearly £5 million. Like a lot of the other films this weekend, it's only taken 400000 But me and Craig saw this last week or a few weeks ago, reviewed it on week 13. What a fantastic film. Um, certainly not perfect. Mm. Has its flaws, particularly sort of a bit of a ropey ending. But some of some of the stuff in this film will stick with you for weeks. It is a real psychological horror and one that I would really recommend seeing. Yeah. Uh, next in the box office at number five is Sanju. Uh, this is a biopic, I believe, um, of a Hindi actor, I think. I think I should probably do my research on these things before we do these box office rundowns. I do apologise. I will get some more information about it later on. Uh, but this has been in the box office for one weekend. It's taken £500,000. Um, so actually quite a reasonable performance, I'd say. Yeah, and ju just to say, a lot of these Hindi films, a lot of these Bollywood films, it's not that we don't want to see them. They're, yeah. They they come into Cineworld for a, a very short period of time. It's very difficult to see them. And they're and the, in they're in um, low releases as well. They're and they're often releases. in London, so yeah. it's, it's, we're not avoiding these on purpose. They are very difficult to see. But like always, if you have seen any of these Bollywood films, please get in touch with us. Give us a review because we'd love to read it out on the show. Um, above that, at number four, we have Tag. Uh, Craig will be reviewing that today. It's a solo review, as I haven't seen it. Um, but that's taken £500,000, and it took all of that money at, uh, at the weekend. Yeah. So in at number three, we have Sicario, uh, number two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just breeze past that. Yeah. We'll be reviewing that on next week's show. Yeah, that's going to be next week. It's been in the box office for one week. It's taken £700,000. Um, I haven't seen the first one, so that's why it's going to sort of be in next week's show, so I can see the first one yep. uh, and give a better review for the second one. Number two, we have Ocean's 8. We will be reviewing that on this week's show. We also have an email from a uh, listener. And finally, at the top of the pile um, is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It has taken £34.5 million in four weeks, but only £2 million at the weekend. Um, and we've, we've suggested why. World Cup, good weather. But I have another theory. Go on. Love Island. Oh. Now think about it. Yeah. There... Love Island is one of the only things that I watch religiously every year because it is such mind-numbing trash. It is such garbage. It's brilliant. You can just escape reality for an hour and it's so easy to watch. And I genuinely think a lot of people watch it. They like talking about it. It's on every every night at nine o'clock. And I think that detracts people from going out to the cinema. Or maybe I'm talking drivel. Well, I mean, it's something I watch as well. And I'm ashamed to even admit that. Like I said, I just think it's mind-numbingly it brilliant. It's mind-numbing drivel. But there's something also... Hashtag Jack and Danny to win. <laughs> <laughs> there's something very entertaining about it, isn't there? There is. There is. Um, although I don't think it's as good as last year. I loved oh, last no, year. Chris yeah. and Kem, they, they were class. What are we doing talking about Love Island? Anyway, everyone's just like switching off now, Love Island. But... Back to the films. Let's let let's give our listeners a full rundown. Starting at number ten. At number ten, it's so. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to start that again? Yeah, because we can cut this bit. Or not? 
Oh, no. <laughs> okay, right. Well, cheers, mate. At number 10, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Nine, Deadpool 2. Eight, Patrick. Seven, Adrift. Six, The Incredibly Scary Hereditary. Five, Sanju. Four, Tag. Three, Sicario, Day of Soldado. Two, Ocean's Eight. And at the top of the pile, the dinosaurs still rule. Still. Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Following a major refurbishment at Jarman Square, which now offers a large selection of quality restaurants and activities, Cineworld Hemel Hempstead invites you to enjoy and experience their new facilities. IMAX, 3D, Super Screen, and a conveniently placed Starbucks. If you want to see any of the latest releases, including The Incredibles 2, Mission Impossible Fallout, or Ant-Man and the Wasp, then head to Cineworld Hemel Hempstead in partnership with Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. So we're now heading into our first review of the podcast, and this is Ocean's 8. This is a a film headed up by an all-female cast, or almost all-female, starring Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, and it's directed by Gary Ross. Um, Now, these girls in this film want to pull off the heist of the century uh, during New York's prestigious Met Gala. So I went into this film with pretty low expectations. I don't know what you went into it with, but... um, Straight off the bat, I'm going to say I wasn't exactly blown away by this film, mm. um, but it did do a lot better than my expectations were sort of given to me. So um, the previous Ocean's films, I think, were to blame for that because they were great when they started and they mm. progressively got worse. Yep. So my expectations were very low from that. Um, I have a clip here. Should we play the clip and then we'll go into a bit more about the film? Let's do that. How did I get here? You spent $18 million in two years and had two houseboats on the Seine. I'm old. Hey, you're not old. I'm not old. Then I'm going to prison. And then I'm going to be really, really poor. Not necessarily. What if we could make all this go away, even get your passport back? How? Dress Daphne Kluger for the Met Ball. Are you mad? Mm. No, hang on a minute. Are you journalists? Absolutely not. No. So that clip is uh, Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett assembling their crew, trying to recruit Helena Bonacarta for uh, the the role of um, the fashion designer to to dress the character played by Anne Hathaway, Daphne Cougar, I believe it is, um, to to be able to convince her to wear a certain item that they want to steal, basically. Indeed. Um, So Danny Ocean has a sister. Danny Ocean is from the original trilogy. Um, And Debbie Ocean is played by Sandra Bullock. The sister, yeah. The sister, exactly. And um, if you've seen the original Ocean films, and you probably have, Mm. she plays it very very similar to how George Clooney plays it. It's it's almost an identical rip-off. I think. Very suave, very sophisticated, very calm. Very calm, very collected. Been in the nick for the George same amount Clooney of time. George Clooney lingers in this film. It, Even it, it if it's does. just his impeccable odour. <laughs> it just remains. There's a Clooney-esque element to this film. Very calm and on point. Mm. Now, I, 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 I'm going to admit here now, I actually did enjoy the film, despite saying earlier on, obviously, that you know I wasn't blown away by the film. The, the, the thing is with this film, it's... <clears throat> It lacks substance. It lacks defining plot things, you know, things that will <laughs> allow you to understand what's actually going mm. on. But it doesn't matter because you're having so much fun with the cast. I found myself having a lot of fun with the cast because they look like they're having fun, don't you yeah. know. And that's what I really liked about the film. It was well directed. There was a great cast in there. Um, so not not bad, but not great from my point of view. Yeah, I think you're right. I think... The main problem with this film is, is, is like you said, Ocean's Eleven was fantastic. And the reason it was so good, it was quite original, this idea of assembling uh, a collection of people with very specific skills, from yeah. the small man who can get himself into a very tight space to people who are tech-savvy, et cetera, et cetera. And it sort of started to wear off, and ultimately they run out of ideas until they stopped. So what they've gone and done here is like a reboot, like they rebooted Ghostbusters with an all-female cast. And I respect that. 
I like that. I think it works because it's got a brilliant cast. Sandra Bullock's great. Kate Blanchett's great. But the standout performance for me is Anne Hathaway. Um, and, and and Rihanna as well. Yeah, Rihanna's very, very solid in this film. Yeah, yeah. Um, she really is. And she brings a sort of cool, sort of almost arrogance to it. She just seems to be very comfortable in what she does. Yeah, yeah. Very natural behind the camera. But I really like Anne Hathaway's performance because one, Anne Hathaway is a fantastic actress, but she often plays the lovable, likeable character. In this, she doesn't. She's quite an obnoxious, stuck-up so-and-so, really. You don't mm. really like her. Um, and off, Offset as well, in real life, she's a very likeable person. So to see her in that role, I thought that was very clever because she is really quite unlikable in this film. Um, and like you said, this film is, it's it's solid. It, it does exactly what it says on the tin, but it, it just feels very mechanical. It feels like it it's just going through its paces. I think it was a little bit one-paced. Um, and like you said, I mean, the problem is the plot, any any, any plot, that revolves around a massive heist, a bank heist, or stealing anything, has to be pretty, pretty watertight. And unfortunately, in these big Hollywood blockbusters, they never are. No, leaky. They're very leaky. Um, but that said, if you want to go to the cinema, I would probably say in a group, this is sort of a, a group of guys or... Popcorn, more, and, popcorn yeah, and drink film. Really. More likely a group of girls. Yeah. It's a very watchable film. But if you want to go and see a serious, gritty, you know, thriller with, you know, a... a, a a, a decent plot and good twist. You're not going to get that here. It's it's no, no, very no. leaky, and it was it was going very well up until the point James Corden was introduced mm. as well. That man, since we've been doing this podcast, has really annoyed me because of the films that he's done. That's recently Peter Rabbit, awful. I mean, awful. Film. I'm, I'm I'm not going to sit on this podcast and slag James Corden off. He's he's very successful. <laughs> but the problem is he's become incredibly popular in the States. Yeah. Therefore, people are using his popularity by throwing him into films that he doesn't need to be part of. Peter Rabbit, no way he should have been anywhere near that film. This, it's just like, here's James Corden playing James Corden. And it's just like, why? No. It, 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 he's, it, he, was he doesn't good. work. He was good in History Boys. I don't know if you've seen that film, but that yes. was fantastic. Gavin and Stacey, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, he he is brilliant, but the 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 more recent films that he's done, the bigger the Hollywood film, the worse he comes across because he just seems like he's playing himself yeah. from his TV show in America. But like I said, he's he, his popularity is so big in the states; it's just a name for the poster. Yeah, I don't think he brought anything to this film. Really. No, he didn't. But you sort of almost forgive it because of the nature of the film, because you you're having fun with all the characters. You forgive the fact that he's there, so. Despite that fact that he was there, it was still, I, I forgave it. Yeah. I believe we have an email, Craig. Is that correct? We do. Yes. Let me just pull that up right now. Uh, this email is from Daniel. Uh, let me just see where that is. Prepared as always, Craig. As always. Yeah. <laughs> we've had a slight change in the studio this week, so we've turned it around. Before we were sideways with the screen to our right. Now we're looking deep into each other's eyes and I'm finding it incredibly awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it's off-putting. <laughs> it's slightly off-putting. Sorry, mate. Uh, so Daniel says, Ocean's 8 is a film so confident of its female leads that the only male characters it introduces are dishwater dull security officials, a slimy traitor and James Corden fulfilling his contractual obligation to be in everything. <laughs> this confidence isn't at all misplaced. The cast deliver exactly what is expected, a slick, entertaining and at times genuinely funny film. As far as a heist movie goes, it is rather gentle rather than edgy and a bit light on traditional action, i.e. at no point does Jason Statham reposition anyone's facial features. In fact, he's not even in it. Mm. But, in, but in a way, this approach is more refreshing than it's frustrating. By doing away with masses of suspense or conflict, the film can build on its characters, which is where its strengths lie. Admittedly, once the heist is over and done with, and I won't say whether or not they pull it off, the film does lose a bit of momentum that was carrying it. And one or two plot holes are quickly glossed over towards the end, but nevertheless, this is a fun, stylish and compelling film that's definitely worth a watch. And that's from Daniel. Well, thanks very much, Daniel. And Daniel isn't really a film goer. No, definitely So for not. him to say this is watchable... Um, is is actually a very good review. And I think he hits the nail on the head there. There are some plot holes, and it is a little bit different to your usual 
um, heist movie, particularly the lack of action. But I think that's because it, it, it's an all-female cast. And I don't think anyone wants to see Sandra Bullock's face realigned. So that's why there's no action in it. But um, yeah, fantastic email. Thank you very much, Daniel. Yeah, so I think we should round up this review by asking you, David. Ocean's 8, is it worth it? I'm going to say yes, because I know Craig will say yes. I'm only going to say yes, because... It, as Daniel said, fun and entertaining, and it's a popcorn and, and drinks film that you can just see with with, with your friends. Mm. Um, but it's, yes, it's worth yeah. it, but if you don't see it, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, folks, so it's now time to review Incredibles 2. Me and Craig have seen this early. It comes out in the UK on Friday the 13th of July. But we saw it a few weeks ago because, as you know, we are Cineworld Unlimited cardholders and they hold secret screenings of films. So me and Craig went in there. We didn't know what it was going to be. Incredibles 2 came up on the screen. Popcorn in the air, hot dogs flying, it was jubilant brilliant. scenes. It was brilliant. That BBFC logo, when that comes up and it tells you the name of the film, what the actual certification of the film is, and people saw the name come up on the screen. People were delighted. It was, they honestly, so many people were so happy. There were a, a couple of people that walked out of the cinema, but obviously they, they didn't want to see a kid's film. They hadn't yeah. seen the first one. But the majority of, of, of a full cinema screening, only four people walked out, and yeah. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And the four people that walked out, they're missing out. But they did; they one hundred percent missed out. But as Craig said uh, earlier, we've been waiting fourteen years for this show, and we have quite a few listeners that are very excited about this as well. We got one email from uh, Serena who said, "I'm so very excited for the new Incredibles film, as the first one was something I've grown up with, and it will always be held close to my heart. I hope it's as good as the first one, and they introduce some exciting new characters." Thank you very much for that email, Serena. And I can tell you, in my opinion. It is as good as the first one. And there are some exciting new characters. Um, yeah, 14 years ago, I would have been 13. <laughs> I had to think <laughs> about that then. Matt. And I remember going to see this in London with my dad and with my brother, who was about seven, eight at the time. And we saw it in, in IMAX. And IMAX was, I think, quite a new thing then. Or it was mm. some sort of super screen. It was some very large screen. Or maybe because <laughs> you were so young, you thought it was. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, my, my dad lied to me. It was just a normal screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd just never been to the cinema before. <laughs> but what a cracking film. And yeah, this one was fantastic. And it was fantastic for a number of reasons, which we will come on to. But before we do that, are we giving a, a little synopsis of the film? Or yeah, we... so this film picks up. Right where the first one left off, uh, action straight away, um, and 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 I, I I don't know how to give this as a synopsis because I don't want to really ruin ruin the film too much. But it picks up where it left off. The whole film is just fantastic, exciting action set mm. pieces throughout the entire film. You have fantastic pathos for the characters the whole way through the film as well, and. Um, this story is it's a story full of substance. Yeah, without without giving too much away, fundamentally, uh, superheroes are still illegal. Yeah, they've been they've been outlawed completely, and now. they've been outlawed. Yeah. And and this film follows um, Mr. Incredible, Elastigirl, who is now his wife, and their three children. Uh, and we've also got the baby uh, Jack Jack, who plays a prominent and fantastic role in this film. And what I will say about this film that really makes it a, a huge home run for me is the script. For me, this script is about as close to perfection as you can get. It was snappy. It mm. was fast. Um, funny. It, it was funny. And the best thing about this film as well is that it is so universal. It's rated you, but honestly, you could take literally a newborn baby, or I don't know, 
what what age do you have to be to go to the cinema? A month? No, you can take babies. Well, like you can yeah. Okay, newborn babies all the way to yeah. people in their eighties, nineties, because this film has so much for so many people. The kids will love the action. The parents will love the action. But also the parents will love some of the themes that are in this. Mm. Obviously, they've now got three children, including a newborn baby. And anyone who's got kids and a newborn will know how difficult that is. And they really fantastically touch upon what it's like to be a parent, but also what it's like to juggle parenthood and being a superhero, as you do. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it, it's just fantastic. And I absolutely loved it. Craig's just sat there opposite me like, well, I don't get to say anything. No, I, I actually had a bit more of a synopsis written out here. Oh, I don't know why I didn't say it. Go, go ahead. Okay, well, Frozo is approached by a, a wealthy tycoon who wants to bring the heroes <laughs> back out from the shadows. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and help show the world that they're, they're much needed again. But Bob, a.k.a. Mr. Incredible, he's left to look after the kids, whilst Helen, a.k.a. Elastic Girl, she goes back out trying to build the reputation of the heroes um, back up again. Um, that was what I had. <laughs> and that is very true. Um, and yeah, like the email said, we've got th- some of the traditional characters, some new characters in there, um, and a thoroughly, thoroughly good film. There's not, there's not even point beating around the bush. This is a, it is a really wonderfully brilliant film. And Brad Bird, he's done a fantastic job with the sequel again. Coming back after doing all his live action stuff, Mission Impossible and whatnot, he's now come back to the Incredibles animation and stuff. I mean, Pixar, there's always excitement when they when mm. they do a sequel. So Toy Story 2, arguably um, on par. Some people would say it was better than the first. But then you had, obviously, Finding Nemo was followed up with Finding Dory. This is better than Finding Dory. As a sequel, I think not only does it tick the boxes, I think as, a, as an Incredibles fan, it ticks the boxes and, and leaves more boxes to be ticked. There's definitely room for a third film. Mm. Whether one will be made, we don't know. Whether we'll have to wait another 14 years, we don't know. But what we do know is that it is worth it. Therefore, Craig Fields, I will ask you the question. Incredibles 2, is it worth it? Yes, so, so, so worth it. Go and see it. Take whoever you want to go and see it. It's so universal, as David was just saying. You could take your your mum, your brother, your sister, your, da- your me, dancer. Me, me mum, me dad, me grand, and a bucket of vindaloo. <laughs> anyone, anyone can go and see this film. Yeah, it's out Friday the 13th of July. Get down to your local cinema, your local cine world, I should say, <laughs> <laughs> and see this film. It's fantastic. And when you see it, please do email us. Let us know what you think. And if you do email the show with a review, we will be sending you some free tickets. So you can go and see Incredibles 2 again or any other film of your choice. That's right. Um, and conditions apply. Yeah, so Serena, you're probably going to get some tickets. Daniel as well, from the uh, previous uh, review that we did, you're going to get some tickets. You're getting tickets. You're getting, you're getting tickets. tickets. We're all getting, getting tickets. tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Next review. Is that all right? Are we recording? Welcome back. We will now be, I say we, I will now be reviewing Patrick. Um, so strap yourselves in, folks. It's, <laughs> I'm so looking forward to it's this. It's going to be an interesting one. So what is Patrick about? Well, our main protagonist, Sarah, is a young woman whose life is in a bit of a mess. Um, and the last thing she needs is someone else to look after. Yet, like it or not, after the passing of her grandmother, she is left with the responsibility of looking after Patrick, the mischievous pug. Uh, Sarah is played by Betty Edmondson and I saw the trailer to this film and I thought, I don't want to watch that. (laughs) And having watched it, um, I wish I hadn't. Uh, (laughs) This is a pretty disastrous piece of filmmaking on on every level. Um, I've got to say, I I don't think children would enjoy it because actually, although the film's called Patrick, we seem to focus on Sarah's life more than more than the dog. So it's not actually a dog movie. It's sort of a rom-com that isn't funny. Um, it's almost a disaster movie because everything she does goes wrong from, you know, she can't, she's incapable of dressing herself. She's incapable of walking down the street without falling over. Oh, you know, it, it it's so over the top. It's so cheesy and the film kicks off sorry i'm just gonna put my phone on airplane mode oh and now i'm moped went past <laughs> disastrous so the <laughs> the film kicks off with a really sort of wooden start the grandmother's passed away um we all know when the will's read out that 
Sarah's going to get the dog because it's in the trailer. So we have about 10 minutes to think, well, can we actually see this pug? You know, the film's called Patrick. Anyway, eventually um, Sarah, Sarah gets this pug and the film has a very strange flow. It is so uncinematic. I mean, it is so uncinematic. It is so obvious when the director has said action and cut and the film probably because they've got a dog to work around, has clearly been shot in little blocks and then just sort of pieced together at the end. So there's absolutely uh, no flow to it whatsoever. One of the most entertaining parts of the film was a woman who arrived late. And when I say late, I mean 25 to 35 minutes late to a film that started 10 to 15 oh, minutes. You mean an audience member? Yes, an member, audience not, member, yeah. Not, not, okay. so, so she arrives 25 to 35 minutes late to a film that started 10 minutes after its advertised time. So she's a good 40 minutes late. And my words, Craig, she came in, she had popcorn under that arm, she had nachos under this <laughs> arm, she had sweets, she had a hot dog resting on her shoulder. I mean, I've never seen anyone with so much confectionery. I mean, this woman has, I mean, 40, 50 quid's worth of food for this film? Madness. Anyway, I got a good view. She's only seen half... Well, she probably did herself a favour, but anyway, she comes in late. Um, everyone in the film has a bit of a chuckle. The biggest laugh of the film was when she came in. Um... <laughs> It's really cringy. It's really unnatural. Um, it's really forced. And I've made a few notes, and I've said it feels like a GCSE drama performance. Um, I did GCSE drama, and I did A-level drama, and it just had that feel of people are trying. You know, we've all had a good go, but it's rubbish. Um, you know, it was chopped up. There was no flow. Uh, oh, ridiculous scenes with pop music over the top of it. Um Un unlistenable dialogue, you know. I mean, I think school children, GCSE school children, probably wrote the script. Um, unlikable characters. <laughs> this list is going on. It is, and on. you know, and and also so un un unbelievable. It, it pushes unbelievability to a new level. So she's a school teacher. She takes the pug into school. The the head teacher is, seems to be okay with this. At one point, the dog escapes, so she leaves her class unattended. You know, it's ridiculous. There's inappropriate student-teacher relationships. Oh, what? Really? Well, there just is. You know, she she has interaction with students outside of school, which she shouldn't do. There's a scene where students are stealing a car wheel and she gets involved and says she's going to give them detention. Um, and while all this is going on, we're thinking, where's the dog? <laughs> you know, wh wh Where's Patrick? Where, where is Patrick? And we learn nothing of Patrick. We don't know anything about his past. We don't even know how old he is. We, we get to see none of his relationship with his previous owner. Um, you know, he goes missing at one point in the most ridiculous scene I've ever seen where he just sort of gets himself stuck on the back of a canal boat and then seems to be sailed halfway down the Thames <laughs> and this sort of slow panoramic shot of this dog just sailing into the sunset. Bear in mind that the person driving the boat has no idea that they've now got a pug on the back. <laughs> I mean, it's just totally, totally terrible on so many levels. Um, and, you know, I, I, like I said, I wasn't going in expecting anything, but this was way below even what I expected. Um, and I really wouldn't waste your money. Um, I love pugs, um, and you like comedy and you like romance. Yeah. But... And 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 look, there was an opportunity here. Pugs are popular. Go on YouTube. <laughs> There's loads of them. YouTube pugs. You'll have a better time than going to see this in the cinema. I don't think kids will like it. Adults won't like it. Um, no, David. Yeah. Is it worth it? Absolutely not. Okay, great. <laughs> I'll tell you what is worth seeing, though. A fantastic film about dogs, two dogs and a cat, Homeward Bound, the Disney version. You've got the original and then you've got the, the, the Disney remake, which was made in the 90s. Absolutely fantastic film. Well worth watching. But this, honestly, um, Patrick, no. Do not go and see this film. Don't waste your money. It is very, very bad. Lovely. Thank you for that review, David. Let's uh, move on to our next review. Welcome back. I'm now taking a look at TAG. Now, TAG is based on the true story. Um, a 2013 Washington Post report came out where they followed five friends as they compete in a game of TAG, or as we like to call it, IT. Um, and they did this every year for around about 30 years, um, once a month. Uh, and the film follows Hoagie, who's played by Ed Helms. Uh, and he sets his target on Jerry, played by Jeremy Rayner. 
um, as his claim to fame is that he's never been tagged in the 30-year history of playing this game. Uh, the five men have to travel far and wide to compete with each other, and it's a nice way of keeping in touch with friends. Um, so Tag's real downfall is that it's it starts off really nicely and starts off really brilliantly, um, but it's it goes on and it's quite lackluster. It's quite offensive uh, and it's rather insensitive as well. Um, the the story's quite should be quite a warm story and that's what it was with the wall street journal article it was quite a warm story about friends coming together and keeping in touch with each other by playing this game um however it's it's not like that the whole way through the film it's just constant action-packed you know how jeremy rayner is in the avenger films and whatnot he is that character within this film he is a beast when it comes to being tagged. <laughs> he is un no one is able to tag him. There's the lots of sequences where there's slow motion, dodging each other, uh, jumping around, all that sort of stuff. And 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 th that's quite fun for the film, but it really does miss the point of of what this film is supposed to be doing. And it does tend to miss that point throughout the entire film until the last final act where um where throughout the film they disregard each other's health and well-being and that comes into the last final act where they actually do take that into consideration where well, i won't take that into i won't i won't go into too much detail about that because it will spoil the film um the the male characters within the film they've been fleshed out rather nicely however the the women's roles within the film we've got isla fisher and we've got um the wall street journal article writer as well um they they're just very substandardly formed within the film they're they're, they're wafer thin in terms of how they're described how they're taking part in the film and and it's really rather poor use of the, their characters i think um especially the wall street journal subplot is really poor it, she's just there she's there the whole time they're playing the game they're traveling around the country trying to tag each other essentially mm -hmm. and and she's just there following them uh, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, there's there's nothing about her in in the story. You, you get nothing from her, other than the occasional jib, jibe, or whatever. Like she interacts with them a little bit, and that's it. And that's that her throughout the entire film. Mm. Isla Fisher's character is um is Hoagie's wife, Ed Helms's wife, and and she's she's not allowed to play participate with the game because she's over competitive and she's a girl as well. Oh right. She, yeah, she's not allowed to play. Um. And it's just unfortunate, really, that this film has gone this route. It should have been that warm, that warm film that encourages people to stay in touch with each other. That's that's the, a key message that you should be getting from this film. And you don't get that at all. Uh, Jake Johnson is in this film as well. Um, he's funny, but probably nowhere near like the character that he's based on from the Wall Street Journal article. Um, and it's basically just over the top. The film's completely over the top. Saying that, it was very funny, and and it is another film that's a popcorn and, and drinks film. I mean, it was a packed cinema when I went to see it. There was a lot of uh, laughter, and and there's one bloke in there who just would not stop laughing. It was so over the top. When everybody else wasn't laughing, he was the one that mm -hmm. you could hear chuckling away, and actually that made the experience that little bit better, I think. But I always yeah. enjoy it when you go to the cinema and there's always that one person that just laughs either at an inappropriate time or their laughter spurs other people's laughter. Yeah. And that tends to make a film, mm. I think. But it and it is it does depend on the audience that you go and see it with as well, I suppose. So that being you know, that being said, the film isn't brilliant, but because it is funny and lots of people were laughing, that made me enjoy it that little bit more. I mean, I haven't seen this. Having seen the trailer, the trailer was quite short. I thought this is not something that I would normally see. But I was quite surprised that when you came out initially you said it was much better than you than you thought it was going to be. Yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely a lot better than than I expected it was going to be. However, as I say, it slightly missed the point. It missed the point completely. It and um, it didn't make use of the cast that we had. You know, we've got John Hamm in this film, brilliant, mm. brilliant actor. Ed Helms is also great from The Hangover. Yeah, uh, Jake Johnson, Isla Fisher, 
Um, Jeremy Rayner as well. Jeremy Rayner's fantastic. Exactly, it? yeah. It's, it's a great cast, but it just doesn't utilise them as it's well. A, it's as a it typical summer movie, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it a really a... is. It, it's, a, it's a bit of a filler, but it could have been so much better. It's based on a true story, you know. Mm. Utilise that story a bit more. Give these characters a bit more substance and and don't leave it to the last act to give it that bit of substance. It needs to have that little bit all the way through. And it didn't have that. Um saying that it was fun it was funny and definitely um a film that i would i would recommend mm. um so i think maybe you should ask me the question i think maybe i will craig tag is it worth it yeah it's worth going to see it's definitely fun it's funny yeah um you'll you'll enjoy it um how saying that obviously i've described it as a bit lackluster but that's lackluster in the plot in mm. in the way it moves throughout the entire story but yeah worth going to see my name's craig fields and i'm david long and we are both cineworld unlimited card holders from just 17 pound 90 a month you can see any film any time as many times as you like you can also get 10% off snacks and drinks, exclusive preview screenings of upcoming releases, and unlimited customers can now enjoy 25% off food and drink at Café Rouge, Bella Italia, Las Iguanas, La Tasca and Belgo. And if you would like £10 off your first month's unlimited membership, just use the code, is it worth it? We will now be looking at the film Adrift. Um, I was very excited to see this when I saw the trailer and I wasn't disappointed. Uh, overall, I thought it was a, a very good film. But what is the film about? Well, Adrift is actually based on a true story of two sailors who set out on a journey to cross the ocean from Tahiti to San Diego. Our two protagonists are called Richard and Tammy. Richard is played by Sam Claflin and Tammy by Shailene Woodley. Um, and basically what we have here is a friend of Richard's uh, asks him uh, to sail their boat back to the United States. Uh, and he's willing to do so uh, as they offer him uh, quite a decent amount of money, which is going to uh, further fund his travels. And obviously he asks his newfound love, Tammy, um, to come along with him. Uh, we have a plot twist, however, when um, they encounter what is one of the most catastrophic hurricanes in recorded history so their boat is smashed by this and in the aftermath of the storm tammy awakens to find richard badly injured and their boat in ruins the film focuses on uh, their story uh, and the fact that they have no hope for rescue and tammy must find the strength and determination to save herself and her newfound love um so it's a, it's a bit of an action film. It's obviously a, a, a film based on a true story, but it's also a love story. Um, and there's a great clip here of when the, uh, f uh, the characters first meet and Richard uh, asks Tammy in his own unique way if she would like to join him for dinner. Uh, have a little listen. Do you uh, like fish? I'm actually a vegetarian. So... <laughs> right. I like them when they're alive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to see if you just wanted to grab a early dinner. Uh, but seeing as you're... Do you know what? I can make a really good vegetarian version. That sounds great. <laughs> good. Yeah, good. Sold. Thank you. Done. Do you want me to grab anything else? Uh, some vegetables. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I, I really like that clip. It really does highlight the, the 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 love that they have already got for each other before they've even sort of interacted with each other that much. And it was it was that that part of the film is really nice. And it does flip between the two different times of them being on the boat and them meeting each other, growing to know each other, falling in love with each other, and 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 then these two two uh, time parts of the story sort of meet up with each other to the point where they actually uh, encounter the, the, the catastrophic hurricane, as, as you say. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, I like that way of storytelling. I did enjoy that, that, that storytelling. I did feel that the romantic part of the film wasn't quite up to standard. Um, there were some nice moments and it was just a typical 
very typical romance. Mm. Um, uh, and it, le- it sort of led you astray a little bit in that sense. Um, and then the action side of it, the, the hurricane stuff, it, it was good. Like, it was good. It wasn't as realistic as some may have thought it could have been. Yeah. Um, the, the CGI, I perhaps could have been better. Yeah. Um, I know that they were, they simulated a lot of it. So where they are actually on the boat and it's moving like that, it was actually moving like that. And, um, Shaney Woodley has been, uh, out saying that she did vomit multiple times whilst (laughs) making this film, um, which is no shock really if the boat is moving how it does in the film. Mm. Um, but it, there is something not quite right with this film. I don't know if you would agree with that. Yeah, so w- when I saw the trailer, the trailer for this film is very long. So the first thing I thought was, well, where are they going to go with it? Surely they've given the whole thing away. But like you said, what they cleverly do is that the screenplay switches between the past and the present. And what that does is it um, is it gives us an opportunity to not only be engrossed in their predicament, but also to become more emotionally attached to the characters because the director is is, is slowly but surely filling us um filling us in, you know, keeping us up to date with how they've come to know and, and love each other. And that's clever because as you get to know them more, you want them to survive more. So I thought that was a very, very clever move, the the switch between past and present. Um, and that's something that wasn't given away in the, in the trailer at all. I know what you mean, though. I think the CGI isn't great. And like in a previous film, and it's quite apt with a boat film, I think the script in this is very leaky. Um, at times, it's not great. But uh, I think both Sam Claflin and Shailene Woodley do a fantastic job with what they've been given. Yeah. Um, Shaney Woodley, especially, I think. I mean, and she's on on board as being a producer on this film. She produced it uh, and stars in it, obviously. Mm. And and she she is a f- uh, a fantastic actress. Yeah. As it is, like, I mean, she she is really really brilliant. Sam Caff- Claflin as well. He's he's been fantastic as well. He's, he's he's taken on the odd romantic film that mm. obviously hasn't been perfect. But I mean, the last film that we saw him in, I think, was Journey's End. Yes, possibly. quite possibly, or possibly not. <laughs> no, there might have been another one that we'd seen more recently, yeah. but Journey's M was something that we both agreed that he was superb in, and mm. we wanted to see him get his teeth into more films like that. And we were looking forward to seeing him in this film. And he almost was sidelined a little bit in this film for uh, for for Tammy's character. He she she played she was the f- forefront yeah. of this film. The film was about her um, rather yeah, well, than Richard. We, we've already reviewed um, Ocean's 8. And again, what we have here is really she's the lead. And that's quite refreshing because in a lot of disaster films, in a lot of survival films, it's the male that mm. takes the the uh, the the role of, of saving everyone. And often the, the female characters are sort of left on the sideline, hoping and praying for a good outcome. Whereas in this, she's she's right there. You know, she's involved in a lot of action shots, above deck, below deck. But what really stood out for me was all the stuff she did in the water, not only the swimming, but some of the diving scenes. Mm. Obviously, she's taken on her own um, stunts here. Like you said, she's made herself sick and she's she's brought a real physicality to this role. You know, she's not afraid to get dirty and, and you know, not naked, but she's, you know, she's exposing herself. She's She's really taking the role on and she's really embraced it. And I think that's refreshing to see. Because in most films, you know, it would be, oh, here's our poor injured woman and here comes the knight in shining armour. Whereas actually in this, it's the it's the complete reverse. Yep. And it's obviously based on a true story. So this this actually happened. Yeah. And, and Tammy Oldham, who it, the real life version of Tammy, she actually had a part in writing the script as well. So yeah. she could have her input in, in how things were carried out and whether or not this is the way the film should be going. And, and obvi- f- obviously it's it's um it's followed that to a, to a, to an extent um, and the film yeah. is based on the book of the same title adrift which is written by Tammy herself yeah <laughs> we can cut that bit out yeah but, but overall um 
it was an enjoy. It was. I don't want to say enjoyable because it's 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 not there to be enjoyed in the sense. It's made to make you feel uncomfortable in mm. in a lot of pay in a lot of places, um, and it succeeds in doing that. Yeah. Um. And and does so very very well. Um. It just as we said, a few plot holes. Maybe it was a little bit leaky in some of the script elements. Uh, a nice plot twist in there that we won't reveal, but. Mm. Um, Overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah, the the reviews for this film have been had been very good actually, and mostly because of the acting. When you have a film like this, where two characters are stuck in the middle of the ocean, if they can't act, the film is destined to fail. Mm. Acting is so important in films like this. Think of Castaway with with uh, Tom Hanks. You know, he was phenomenal in that film, and without him, that film just wouldn't have been the same. No, it wouldn't work And at all. although the CGI is a bit ropey, although the script isn't, you know, watertight, another boat pun, it's all forgiven because the acting in this is fantastic. So, David, uh, adrift, is it worth it? Um, yes. Uh, I think this is well worth going to see in the cinema. Um, take your tissues. It's a bit of a tearjerker. Um, but it, it's well worth seeing for the acting performances alone and the nature of the film, particularly with the sound, I, th- I think it's well worth seeing in the cinema. I agree. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome back. It's now time for our last review of the show, which is Leave No Trace. Uh, In this film, our two main characters are Will, played by Ben Foster, and his teenage daughter, Tom, played by Thomasin McKenzie, who have lived off the grid for years in the forests of Portland, Oregon. Um, When they are discovered, their idyllic life is shattered and both are put into social services. Uh, After clashing with their newfound surroundings, Will and Tom set off on a harrowing journey back to their wild homeland. This is a very interesting film very unique uh very light on script but very heavy on quality acting performances uh, and we've got a clip here and this is a clip after uh will and tom have been caught in the forest they're in a uh, house provided by social services and both of them uh, particularly the father will are struggling to embrace modern american life have a little listen to this clip Sorry for making you worry about me. If we had a phone, I could have called you. Always been able to communicate without all that. I think it might be easier on us if we try to attack. We're wearing their clothes, we're in their house, we're... We're eating their food, we're doing their work. We have adapted. The only place we can't be seen is in this house. We can still think our own thoughts. Like you said. What if the kids at school think I'm strange? Because of the way we're living. How important are their judgments? Guess I'll find out. So I, this I think this clip actually gives um, shows a lot more than than what you're saying. So the, when you say the script is a little bit lighter than 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 the plot, but this, this, I think the script is a much better script than you're saying it is. It, it where it's needed, where the dialogue is needed, it's superb, and that clip really does show that. Um, I don't mean light on content. I think the content's fantastic, but there there isn't a lot of dialogue in the no, film. No, That's what I was trying yeah, to okay. say. Sorry. So, di- so dialogue-wise, yes, there is not a lot of dialogue within this film. The film tries to show you what's going on by action rather than words. Mm. And, and a lot of films these days don't do that. And th- this is why I really like this film, because it, it uses its cinematic qualities visually and audibly in the sense of your surroundings the things that you can hear in the forest to really show you and guide you where this story is going it doesn't need the dialogue to show you it's all action um, and i really really love that about the film um visually as well 
quality wise in in terms of the shots um what you're seeing on the screen is beautiful as well um i i truly believed that will play by ben foster was this guy suffering with ptsd um I, I, the teenage daughter, she was very much so happy to begin with and then struggled to come to terms with the fact that she's now going to be living in a house, but then it fully embraced it and whether or not they should carry on embracing this lifestyle um, whilst Will really could not keep going with that. And I really, really believe that this was them. They were really going through this. It was almost like you were watching through... Uh, as a fly on the wall almost um and 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 that's what makes this film superb um i know you wanted a bit more backstory about why he's going through all these things but you do get little insights snippets through newspaper cuttings and um things like that and i think that's very clever filmmaking because you don't need to have that backstory you're living in that moment with them and and that's what makes this film absolutely superb yeah so the reviews of this film have been very very good there's been a lot of uh, praise for ben foster and particularly thomasin mckenzie uh, the young girl i mean she is phenomenal in this film and actually one of the reviews i read says exactly what you said in the sense that they really liked the fact that this went against the grain it, it did what it did the opposite of what most hollywood films do mm. so it didn't spoon feed us um, and a lot of Hollywood films would have gone down the route of having flashbacks because, like you said, we're made aware that he served in the in the armed forces. He's clearly got PTSD. Um, his his time in it, serving his country has clearly traumatized him to the point where he wants to isolate. But we don't see any of that. We don't see any any information about his 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 marriage or how his his you know his daughter's mum. So we're we're sort of left not knowing, and in, in a sense, that does enhance the the story because it makes you feel more engaged with the two characters that are on the screen Mm, it it makes you want to know what was going on and and in time at times maybe because i'm so used to watching these hollywood films where i'm Mm. spoon-fed everything as you say it did frustrate me a little bit that i wasn't getting that information but the more i think about it the more i was watching the film the more i realized i didn't need to know that information at all I think this is definitely a film that I would like to watch again because for the first 45 minutes, I absolutely loved this film. I thought this is going to go straight in there in my top four or five films since doing the podcast because it was so beautifully shot. The acting is so brilliant um, and very similar to Adrift. The the acting is so crucial. You know, imagine this film, same plot, same director, but poor actors. It would be unwatchable Mm. um, because it's so acting focused. And I think, you know... If this was in award season, I mean, they may be nominated and receive awards anyway. But th- you know, this is award-winning stuff. Um, but I was, I was left wanting more, and in a sense, that's possibly perhaps what the director wanted. And like I said, this is definitely a film that I think you'd need to see more than once. But visually stunning and mm. performance-wise, really quite top draw. I think Deborah Granick, who's the director on this film, I think she's done an absolutely superb job with getting the performances right, getting um the the the, the mise en scène so that the surroundings completely mm. right um and and making you believe that everything that is happening and unfolding within this film is happening. Yeah. Within your very front of your very eyes, you are engrossed completely within the story. I th- I think you're absolutely spot on there in my um <clears throat> fairly damning review of um Patrick, I said how it felt like a GCSE drama. It was so obviously a film, and this is the complete. But this is the opposite. complete opposite. Yeah, it's it 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 it's so immersive. You you genuinely feel like you are there, and that is because the quality of the direction, but mostly because of the quality of the acting, and that's why this film works. I yeah, hundred percent agree with you on that. I uh, there were there was a slight problem with pace perhaps mm. near you know moving on to the end you did sort of wonder where it was going yeah but I I forgive that completely because because I think it did so well with, with everything else with with yeah. the acting with with the way that it left you on that cliffhanger as well I, everything about the film was superb other than that slight lack of pace where yeah. you wanted it to pick up a bit more but that is because we are so used, used to, to hollywood being, films yeah. and and being spoon-fed and be, and being 
given a certain way to 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 watch a film like you have to have that beginning middle and end like yeah. we have we don't have a beginning here because it just starts halfway through their lives mm. almost yeah and you don't have an end because it's left on the cliffhanger almost so you you don't have the conventional storytelling yeah, method here and, and 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 I like that about the film though like despite that fact where I was wondering where it was going I I like that I yeah. the more I think about it and the more I I consider it I I think this is a very 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 good film and and I think it will be getting awards at award seasons at some point without a doubt yeah, I think that's a great point, actually, because when you think about films, you often have a very structured Hollywood start and they sort of spoon feed you. Whereas this, like you said, it just went straight in. Uh, and we did have a little bit of a chuckle uh, in, in the cinema because, like you said, because it didn't have that typical Hollywood structure. At, at one point, I thought, is it ever going to end? Not in a bad way, but cause it, because you were on your toes. And then, you know, you thought, here comes the end. Oh, no, there's a bit more. And I did laugh because I was saying to Craig, what if it never finishes? Like, it's just like an infinite film. But um, but in terms of infinite film, though, it is an infinite film yeah. because the story is still going in your mind and you're still wondering what happened mm. to, to the daughter, what happened to, to the dad, what where did they go? Did they ever... Do they ever see each other again? Perhaps I don't. Yeah. We don't know. Like this, this story. I mean, there is a book about this, so you. So um, I'm not really spoiling too much there, but you know, you are thinking these constantly after mm. you've left the cinema, and it stays with you for quite a while. And that is the the traces of a fantastic film when it leaves you thinking about where mm. things have happened, who, where these people have gone, whether they're okay or not. That that is in essence um, a, a fantastic film. So, Craig, I will ask you the question: Brexit is it worth it? Brexit? <laughs> what? No, leave no trace. No. Um. Obviously, our show is called "Is It Worth It." I don't know if you've seen. There's now a massive uh, the 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 bus. Yeah, but that was ages ago. But no, it's back. Oh, is it back again? It's back and much bigger. There's posters all around London. Brexit. Is it worth it? Red sign, exact same font oh, as our podcast. Stole it. They've also got a Twitter page, um, but we all know Brexit's worth it. But <clears throat> anyway, leave, leave no trace. Leave no trace. Is it worth it? Yes, this this is so worth going to see in the cinema. I mean, you could watch it at home, but I don't think you'd have the same experience as watching it in the cinema. You, I'm not sure you'd be as engrossed in it. You know, you know, you can get up and pause the film halfway through. Yeah, because. It, because they because that pace is going at that slow meandering sort of level you are well, we would be tempted to pause it and make yourself a cup of tea yeah i think that's in a very the, good in the point. cinema you're you're not able to do that and you have to stick with it the whole way through and being in the cinema to see the film you will stick through it you have to you know you've paid your money to go and see it stay with it the whole way through and you will not be disappointed yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think that's a great point. If you watch this at home and you paused it, you you would lose the immersive experience that this film gives you. Um, I, I really recommend going to see this film. It's very unique and the acting in it is phenomenal. So both me and Craig think Leave No Trace is worth it. We do. We, we still believe. We still believe. Tonight, it's happening. The semi-finals. England versus Croatia for a chance to play France in the World Cup final. What an exciting day. What an exciting week. And Craig, what an exciting show we have next week. We do. Uh, next week, we've got a number of films. I haven't got it up yet. <laughs> <laughs> he was so, so immersed with that song. In the, in the, in, in the football so next week we've got uh, Hotel Artemis possibly depends if we get round to seeing that um, because that is an unlimited screening for us 
we've got Sicario 2, uh, Swimming with Men, The First Purge, Uncle Drew, um, Skyscraper as well. Oh, Uncle Drew looks terrible. Should I should I just should yeah, I just turn, turn, that turn, down, turn it down a little bit? <laughs> yeah, Uncle Drew looks terrible and Skyscraper, my word, what a ridiculous looking film. Remember we were talking about um Shailene Woodley being the the hero in Adrift. Well, that was the opposite of Hollywood. This is such a cliche Hollywood film. With uh, Dwayne the Rock like, Johnson. There's 133 stories in this building. My wife and child happen to be in the burning building. You know, oh, I have to get them. I have to save them. Oh, it's it 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 does look ridiculous, but could be good. Could be good, and you'll find out if it's worth it on this podcast. Yes, that'll be week 15. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed week 14 where we reviewed Oceans 8, The Incredibles 2, Adrift, Tag, Patrick and Leave No Trace. If you've got any views uh, that you'd like to email us with about those films, you can do so. And we'll look forward to listening to the uh, emails and reading out the emails and whatnot. Um, just email us at mymailisworthit at gmail.com or you can tweet us, you can Facebook us, you can Instagram us. Um, many Swipe ways. right on Tinder for me. Still <laughs> still hoping. St- we still believe. We still- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> David uh, yeah, I think England have got more chance of winning the World Cup than me actually getting a swipe right. Um, yes, we would also like to thank Daniel for his email. Daniel, you will be receiving Two tickets to any Sydney World in the UK, valid for a whole year. And Serena as well. Thank you for your email about The Incredibles 2 that you're so looking forward to seeing it. We would like to get your view once it's out as well. Uh, and we will be sending you some tickets to go and see The Incredibles 2 um, so that you can go and see that for free. Yes, Incredibles 2 is out Friday the 13th of July. So I recommend seeing it on Friday or Saturday. Get yourself fired up for Sunday when England hopefully... Hopefully, I still believe are going to be in a World Cup final. Craig is looking at his Apple Watch. I don't know whether that's because he's worried about the time or if he's just showing off. No, no, I'm, I'm just getting notifications about the football now. But anyway, um, <laughs> thank you very much to Cineworld Hemel Hempstead for giving us uh, the opportunity to uh, reach a lot more listeners and giving us uh, free tickets to give to you guys as well. Um, those tickets will be valid for six months. Oh, I said a year. Sorry. No, I think it's six months. It could be a year. I'll have to find that out, actually. They're they're very valid for a long time. They're valid for a long time for you to go and see whatever film you want to go and see. Um, That includes IMAX screenings of films. um, And it also includes any cine world within the country as well. Um, Might exclude London ones. I'm not sure. Give it a go. You might be able to book them. Um, It'll be an exclusive code that only you can use um, online to get you those free tickets. Or you can just walk in and, and use the code on the screens that they've got. Fantastic system that they've got. Um, but if you're going to use them anywhere, use them at Hemel Hempstead Cinema because that's the one that we love and they're the ones that are giving us those tickets for mm. you to use. So, um, yeah, thank you very much, Cineworld Hemel Hempstead. Oh, he's pointing. Pointing to play the song. Oh, no, that's, <laughs> that's the wrong song. <laughs> so we're going to leave you now with a little bit of uh, football fever. That's not the right one. Come on. Get it up. No! <laughs> Come on, David. Get it right. I'm joking. We'll play the original version. I know the, the version that Craig loves. This has been week 14. Of oh, Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. And it is coming home. Football. Home. Home it is coming. Thank you very much for listening. Come on, England. Come on, Gareth Southgate. See you next week. <laughs>